Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. If one of your goals for 2020 is to rock your email marketing, then girl, I've got just the thing. Email marketing used to be a pain point for me because I have tried every platform out there. Now I use Flowdesk, a new platform that is changing the email marketing game. I could tell you a thousand reasons why I'm obsessed with Flowdesk, but you'll have to see for yourself. You will fall in love with the beautiful templates, easy to use interface, and having unlimited everything. That's right. If you get on board right now, you get unlimited subscribers, emails, workflows, and forms for life. And the best part, if you enter code Haley, you get all of this for only $19 a month. Again, for life. Seriously, just enter code H-A-Y-L-E-Y and you'll lock in a $19 a month subscription for an unlimited amount of everything Flowdesk has to offer for life. That's an unbeatable deal for your business and your peace of mind. 2020 is the year to change your email marketing. So head to Flowdesk, enter code Haley, and make it your best year in business yet. Welcome back, Females on Fire. I am so excited about today's episode because we are talking all about money, specifically how to make more of it. And I know that is something that you all want to do. It doesn't matter what type of business you are running, we could all use a little more revenue. Am I right? So today I am chatting with Melissa Lynn, and Melissa is a previously successful chemical engineer turned multiple six-figure business coach and business owner. She is a business sales and content expert in the online space who went from stuck in her nine to five to making multiple five-figure and six-figure months and working for herself. And now she helps other women do the same in their online businesses. How cool is that? I am so excited for you to hear Melissa's advice on how to make your first 10K revenue month. And I know that this is something that is going to be so helpful to you guys as you try to increase your revenue and really up your sales without necessarily costing yourself more time and resources. So I'm super excited to bring you Melissa and her amazing advice. So here is all about how you can start aiming for that 10K month. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Haley. I'm so excited to be here with you and your amazing audience. Oh, we're going to have fun today. Yes, we definitely are. I'm so excited to have you. And I know 
oh, this is going to be such a good topic for our listeners because I know we're all dying to make more money. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so much fun. I'm excited. But before we get into the details of how our, our listeners can make more money, why don't you tell them a little bit about you and your background and how you got here? Yes. Oh, I love sharing this. I feel like I have a bit of a different story. Maybe not. Maybe it's just like everyone else's story, but I'll go into it. So I grew up the traditional route and I'm half Chinese. And so my grandparents came over. I'm starting like way, 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 way back in the beginning. But my grandparents came over, spoke no English. However, they didn't know these two words and I'm not being dramatic. Like they knew the two words, doctor and husband. And so for me, like that was what life was supposed to be. As I grew into everything, went to college, I couldn't handle the blood. So I actually went towards chemical engineering. So I graduated, got my degree in that. And I worked in the real world, the corporate world for about five or six years. And it was cool. Like, yeah, I was making decent money, um, but I was starting to feel like very unhappy. I had everything on the outside. I was actually also previously married. And so I had everything. I had the husband, I had the job, I had the money. I was bringing in like close to six figures every year, but I was finding myself a slave to my nine to five. I was in the manufacturing company on the ground floor, weekends, on call 24 seven, barely had any vacation time. I didn't leave North America until 2018. And I'm gonna be 30 this year, like holy cannoli. But I was, I found myself so unhappy and I had all these big dreams. My, my dream bubbles are so big. I wanna be able to travel the world six months out of the year, like minimum. I wanna be able to fund charities, start charities and just do so many big things and give back, but I just can't really do that with an income cap. You know, even if I were to stay in my engineering job another five years, move into management, get my MBA, like I would have been capped at maybe 150, like tops. And that might sound like a lot of money. However, to do the big things I want to do, it's not nearly enough, nowhere close. And so I knew I had to either do one of two things, either squish my dream bubble or do something different with the income coming in and the way I was living my life. There was no way in this world I was going to squish that dream bubble. So I was really into fitness back in the time. This is back in 2014, so ages ago. I started my first online business. I did this on the side. I was an online fitness coach. I was doing bikini competitions back then. And after I kind of was on the struggle bus the first year or two trying to do it on my own, I invested in my first business and I brought that to six figures, actually a little past six figures, and then transitioned to business coaching in 2018, very early 2018, which is when I finally said bye-bye to my nine to five and started doing this full time. And it is just, it's crazy. I like barely remember the nine to five life. And my life is just completely transformed. I love what I do. I'm able to help women leave their nine to fives and just create the freedom that they're looking for in their lives, like no matter what that looks like. So in a quick three, four minutes, that is my story and how I got into all of this. And I'm sure we can dig into more and more because there's just so many different aspects of it. And it was a yeah, whole roller coaster, roller coaster ride. I love that. I love that you came from such a different background than what you're doing now. I think that's, I love hearing stories of how entrepreneurs became entrepreneurs because 
they're always so interesting. And even the people who are like, oh, I came from the corporate world. It's always just such a unique story to them of why they left and what they were doing before. And it's usually so different than what they were doing now. But I think it's so interesting, like to hear these entrepreneurs talk about like, oh, I used to be in this field in the corporate world and now I run this business and it's incredibly different, but I use a lot of those skills in my business. And and so it's just cool to see like industries kind of overlap that way and, Mm -hmm. and see how people can be cut out for such different things at the same time. So I love, I love that you were in something so, (laughs) so unique, like (laughs) chemical engineering. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's so incredibly different than, than running like a coaching business. It's, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And some people would, I I get asked this quite a bit of like, well, what do you, do you use any, do you use your degree? Like, do you know, you're not doing chemistry in your office? Like, what are you doing? Um, and I would say it's more so like, like you said, like I use a lot of the skill set I learned, like when I went to college and then also in the corporate world of like problem solving leadership, um, and really just kind of moving into to that aspect of things. Cause yeah, you don't learn that everywhere. But right. Exactly. Don't, don't do any of the sciencey stuff nearly as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because when I was in college and unfortunately I didn't get to finish which is a huge part of my story. But when I was in college, I had finally settled on, on a criminal justice major. And mm-hmm. then when I wasn't able to finish college and started my business, I started as a wedding planner. So just two polar opposite, mm-hmm. you know, types of fields. Uh, and now I do like digital marketing and coaching and all of these things. <laughs> so it's, it's so funny to watch like how your life transitions. Cause I mean, you know, most of us that are entrepreneurs, we're usually mm-hmm. sitting around like, if you had told me 10 years ago that this is what I would be doing, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> I'm Oh my goodness. I'm right there with you. So I have like a nerd alert story for you. I was so big in math. Like my parents really pushed me on the education side. So I was that weirdo, um, cute little weirdo who was going to college and taking college classes for math when I was like 11 or 12. And I started tutoring as well. Um, so I was tutoring college students in math when I was 11 or 12, um, but I remember doing it and I absolutely hated it. And I told myself, like, I'm never going to teach. I'm never going to tutor. This is terrible. Um, and like, look at what I'm doing now. Now all I do is teach and coach and I love it so much. So it's funny how things can just shift. And I guess that was quite some time ago. It was like 15, 16 years ago. But, That's yeah. so funny though. I love that. I love that. That's why you never say never. You never say you're never going to do something because it will come back to bite you every single time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. Well, let's dive in and talk about, I mean, you grew your business pretty quickly and started really bringing in that income that you were looking for. And now that's, like you said, something that you coach other entrepreneurs on how to leave their nine to five and start making you know, 5k and even 10k months. So Mm -hmm. let's dive into that and talk about kind of what your strategies and processes are, what, what it is that you teach that Mm -hmm. our listeners can kind of start to implement if they're not making that money. Yes. I love, love chatting about making money. So it's funny because when I transitioned to business coaching, I basically started a brand new business over. So I definitely did grow up pretty quickly because that was just 2018. And I really want your listeners to really utilize this word, like simplify. 
simplify as much as you can. Like things don't need to be hard. They can be easy if we choose for it to be easy. And we tend to overcomplicate things. So, you know, when we think of our first 5K month, if you're just starting your business, you probably feel like, oh, I need all of these things. I need my website. I need 100 free clients. I need 10,000 followers on Instagram. I need my email list. All of these things, which just aren't necessary to hit your first 5K, even your 10K month. So when I transitioned back, when I transitioned to business coaching, I don't even think I had a full website until after I hit my first 10K month. Like I was just out there simplifying things and providing for my girls, my clients and helping them move forward. So really hone in on your niche. You really get a niche down. Like who is it? What a problem are you solving? Who are you helping? You really get a hone in on that and make sure that we're speaking to them directly in your messaging and focus on one signature offer, maybe two. You don't need more than that to hit your first 5k or 10k month to be helping people and be bringing that income in. Like in those early stages, you really don't need too much in your product suite. I love that. I love what you said about us overcomplicating things because I think that's so true. And I've, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and I've gone through a lot of those like business transitions that you mentioned. And always it's so easy for you to start saying, okay, I need to do this and I need to do this and this has got to get done and I've got to make this happen. And you, you know, build this to-do list in your head Mm -hmm. that's a mile long. And most of the time it's not related to the actual goal that you're trying to achieve. It is, (laughs) it's helpful. You know, it's, you need a website, you need to grow your social media following. You need to get more clients like, and get testimonials. Like you need to do all of these things. But if your goal is to bring in $5,000 a month in your business, then just building a website isn't going to do it. Building a social media following isn't going to do it. And so, exactly. you know, I, I've heard um, people say that with, with goals before. We're like, okay, you want to write a book. Well, you can make a list of, okay, well, I need to find an agent and I need to read other people's books to see how they've written them. And I need to get an editor and I need to do this and do this. But In reality, if you want to write a book, the only thing you have to do is write the book. So it's, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things like we, we think everything else is going to make things happen for us. And while they may be helpful, they're never going to actually, you know, be the thing that does it. So I I love that you mentioned that because we really do overcomplicate everything. (laughs) We do. And just, we love to, I actually just did a podcast episode about this and it'll be coming out in just a week or so, but we tend, we like to be busy. We're busy bees. And we feel that if we're being busy, we're being effective. And that really just isn't the case. So what I see in a lot of newbie entrepreneurs is they're trying to be busy and doing all of the things, right? They're spending hours every single day writing out like Instagram captions for the next three months. They're starting to prep podcast episodes for a podcast they don't even have yet, but they're not focusing on the sales and the money generating activities, which definitely gets to be a big focus for all of you that are starting or wanting to hit 5k and 10k months, like money generating activities gets to be your focus. My recommendation is 60 to 70% of your business days is sales activities. Mm, That's a good point. So let's dive into that. What, when you say sales activities, 
what is it that you mean? And I know that's going to be very different depending on the type of business that you're in, but Mm -hmm. can you just give like a few examples of maybe even what your own days look like, what your own schedule looks like so that our listeners can kind of get an idea of what it is that they're really supposed to be spending their time on? Yeah. So spending time on generating leads, spending time nurturing those leads, being in conversation with those people, um, asking for the sale, like in the DM, like actually physically asking, Hey, would you like to purchase this product? Once you've built a relationship with them, of course. So probably a warmer hot lead who has been creeping on your stuff for quite some time. Um, sending out emails where you're actually giving them the link to go and purchase as they've gone through your customer journey or your, their customer experience with you. So actually giving call to actions and all of your captions, utilizing the Instagram tools like the polls and the question boxes for, you know, having some pain and pleasure points and then going out and chatting and building relationships with those that answer the polls because they're the ones that need the help with whatever it is that you're providing a solution for. So those are just some quick examples for some sales activities, but like actually asking for the sale, it's something that we're so afraid to do. We avoid doing it subconsciously just because we're afraid to hear the no. So we continue to wish and hope and want for the sales, but we're not actually out there asking for the sale. We're never going to get anything if we don't ask for it. (laughs) That's so true. So very, very true. And I think so many people you know, especially if you're a newer entrepreneur or if you've just transitioned in a new space or a new industry or even a new business, I think we're so terrified of sales most of the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's because we don't want to, you know, we we don't want to seem like we're bothering people or inconveniencing them by asking them to buy something. But Mm -hmm. most of the time, especially, you know, you mentioned like a warmer hot lead that's been kind of stalking your stuff for a while. If somebody has been following you on a social media platform for a good little bit and liking your stuff and commenting and, you know, all of those things, and they haven't purchased from you yet, odds are they kind of need what you're selling or they want to buy something from you. Otherwise, why would they be spending their time, you know, engaging Mm -hmm. on all of your, your things? So I think that's a really good point that you really have to get comfortable with the idea of selling both to, you know, strangers and to people that you've really built a relationship with. And I think that's, I know for me, that was one of the biggest, you know, things that I struggled with in the beginning of my business was I was so terrified that if I posted constantly about something on my Facebook that it would drive my Facebook friends crazy who didn't want to hear about it. And, <laughs> and, you know, we all make that mistake. And then, and you know, like, oh, well, I have these Instagram followers, but oh my gosh, if they, if I ask them to spend money, then they'll unfollow me and then I won't have them anymore. And, and that was something I, I really had to get over. And I know so many entrepreneurs feel that way where they're just mm-hmm. really scared to sell. Yeah. And I think just, oh, I have so many tips. I could talk hours about this. I love sales. <laughs> Um, especially on social media, but you know what, like worse, what's the worst that could happen? Literally, like what is the worst that could happen? They unfollow you or they block you. Well, that just means they're not your people. They're not your person. They're probably not going to buy from you anyways. 
So we're, it's all about mindset. You know, it's all about our sales mindset. We've got to work on that before we can move into any kind of sales strategy. And so it's how you feel about sales, how you feel about your program. If you truly believe your service or your product, whatever you're selling is going to change someone's life or truly have an impact, you will be out there selling. And we're actually doing a disservice to people by not sharing it because they don't know that this can impact them and transform their lives. Like we're, we're being selfish by not sharing it with the world. That's truly what I believe. Yeah, no, that's so true. And, and just to add to your point, you know, you said, what's the worst that could happen if, you know, they unfollow you, then they weren't your people anyway. Well, to that same point, if they are the type of people that want what you're selling and you don't offer it, they're going to find it somewhere. You know, if, if somebody has a problem that they need solved, they're going to find the answer to that problem. They're going to go out looking for solutions. And let's face mm-hmm. it, we all love to pretend like we're the first person offering the thing that, the, that we're offering, but <laughs> we're not. You can find, you know, coaches and digital marketers and social media strategists and wedding professionals and bloggers. You can find all of these things everywhere. It's just yep. who you're uniquely going to choose that matters. And ultimately they're going to find somebody else who will offer something at least similar to what you're offering. So if you're not selling, somebody else is going to. I am hundred percent agree. I love that you said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what's your advice for somebody who maybe they feel like they are working, you know, like you said, 60 to 70% of their business on those lead generating activities, those money-making activities. And they really feel like they're doing the things that they're supposed to do. And they've been sort of following that outline, but they're not quite bringing in the 5k months. You know, let's say they're Mm -hmm. bringing in kind of close to that, but they don't have the capacity to take on more clients. They don't feel like they can raise their prices. What's, what do they need to go back and evaluate? Where, where can they kind of look to, to see, you know, where they can make more money or, or do you have some sort of advice for those people? Yes. Let's, let's talk about this. So first just kind of evaluate where the money like trail is stopping. So if you're out there spending 60 to 70% of your day on money generating activities, are you hearing a lot of no's? Are you stopping at those no's? Are you spending enough time actually handling the objection? What I see a lot of times are people, entrepreneurs out there selling, but the minute they hear a no, they put their hands up. Like the cops just like put a flashlight on them. They're like, okay, no worries. Like see you next time. And that's when the sale actually starts. Like the sale doesn't start until you hear your first no. And you get to help them through the fear that's coming up for them. So evaluate, like, are you hearing a lot of no's? Are you spending the time actually working through the objections? Are you following back up with those leans that did say no? Um, Because the money is also in the follow-up. So there's one thing to be thinking about. If you're doing a great job, you're signing clients, but you just can't take more clients on, we get to look at your programs and see, okay, what tweaks can we make so that you can scale and help more people? Because for you to really move into the 10K, 15K, 20K months, you get to move from the one-to-one to 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 one-to-many because the more people that you serve, the more impact you make, the more income, the more success is going to come your way. So there's definitely something that you could probably tweak. I just did this with one of my mastermind gals this week who just started working with me. She has a group program 
where she was giving every single girl in her program Voxer access. So she was spending two to three hours a day answering Voxer messages for her group program. And I asked her, sweetie, if I were to hand you 30 clients today, like, could your group program handle it? Her answer was no, like she wanted to start to cry. So she can start, we started to make some tweaks in her program so that she could help more people still provide that incredible impact while working a little bit less by removing that Voxer access, but putting in a different communication portal for those clients, it'll still be just as effective. So making some tweaks and increasing your prices. If you feel you can increase your prices, let's chat. You can, you can always increase your rates. It's not something where your perfect person is always going to pay if they truly believe that your product is going to help solve their problem for them. And so you definitely can increase your prices, but look at your product suite as well. Like is your one-on-one coaching the highest rate that you've got? Cause it probably should be if it's got the most accessibility to you, right? If you have a one-on-one private coaching program and that's selling for $2,000 for three months, and then you've got a group program that doesn't get any one-on-one access, but that's only selling for 1500 for every three months. Like that's not enough of a gap for your people. So your one-on-one should definitely be increased. That rate gets to go up or something else gets to happen with the, the group coaching. So there's definitely some things to be looking at, you know, look at how you're handling objections. What's your close rate? Look at your pricing in your product suite. Is it, are there enough jumps between your rates for your customer journey as they go through? Um, and then also look at your programs. Are they scalable? Cause at the end of the day, We all want to be scaling to multiple six figures, seven figures. So we can start to make sure that our programs would be able to handle that now just with a few small tweaks. Those are such great tips. Oh my gosh. Those are so good. Yeah. And I I love, um, I love that your, your one client that you were talking to, you said, you know, you made some tweaks so that she was actually doing less work. Mm -hmm. I love that because a lot of the time, you know, when we hear, that we need to be doing less, it sounds so wrong in our heads. You know, it's, it, it's so conflicting because we're like, well, if I'm not making the money now, or I'm not bringing in the clients now, and I start to do less, the situation's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time that's not true. A lot of the time it's, it's our, you know, trying to do too much and our trying to, you know, be everywhere all at once and offer so many different things and, and not focusing in on that one thing that really is our area of expertise and focusing in on that one perfect client that we need to serve. Mm -hmm. It's usually those things that are the reason that we're not able to sell, that are the reason people aren't willing to buy from us. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, that was one point that just really stuck out to me is that most of the time doing less is actually doing more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. We get to start to get better at doing less. Like get yeah, better definitely. at doing less. Like life is way too short. Like it's the coolest thing. Like my dad came to visit me yesterday up here in Seattle just for the day. And I was able to take the whole day off because I could, because like I've added systems and things to my business where I am doing less and less every single day while still impacting hundreds of women. So yeah, definitely start to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I have one kind of final question for you that just, I know somebody's going to listen to this and they're going to go, okay, well, I get it. I get that. I need to simplify. I get that. I need to focus on this one thing, but let's be real. I have to manage my social media and I have to, you know, do this and do that in my business. So what's your, what's your advice? What, what's your strategy for still managing those things while, you know, making sure that you're trying to spend like 60 to 70% of your time on those money-making activities? Do you like have a day where you just sit down and dedicate that day to it? Or do you have a, a certain strategy that you use that you've seen that works with your clients? What's your advice there? Yeah, I love this question. I try and batch as much as possible. Like even with my coaching calls, I am really moving into only having my coaching calls a few days out of the month. That way I can be spreading everything else kind of throughout the month and automating as much as I can. So using tools that are going to help me do things faster. So utilizing different tools to write my captions. Like I have a tool that I've created for my girls called the caption capsule, which helps me write my captions faster and utilizing tools like plan, Planoly, later to actually schedule my posts. So I'm not sitting there waiting for like 9.30 a.m. to go in and post it by hand. Uh, so definitely utilizing automation tools as much as you can. Same with like automating your email sequences, things like that. Set it up for once and have it be done. And then start to think about hiring and delegating. If you are at about the 3K month, or so like this is when I typically recommend to start to hire someone to help you because it's not as expensive as people think it might be to hire and it's a this huge business an incredible business expense that you can use of course for like taxes and stuff but hiring and delegating I know how hard it can be I was a one-woman show for the longest time I always thought to myself I can do it faster I can do it better it's gonna take me too long to train this person I might as well do it myself but hiring is going to change everything for you and your business. Even if they're only doing something, you know, three to five hours a week for you, you can hire a VA abroad or probably not here in the States, but you could find someone here in the States for like 10 to $12 an hour. And if they're doing five hours of work for you a week at $10 an hour, that's $200 a month. And that's saving you 20 hours a month of like posting on your social media or engaging for you on social media, doing these tasks, these little rabbit tasks that you don't want to be focusing on every single day, every single minute of the day. So though that would be my big, big advice is start to automate batch and then also start to hire as soon as you can. I love that. Yeah. Those are such great tips and Definitely really good points. And I, I just know, you know, we have so many different types of people listening to this, that we have some people who are going to be just starting a business or, you know, they just got started. And, and so a lot of this advice is really going to resonate with them. And then, you know, some people who are probably sitting there saying, okay, well, I get what you're saying, but I still, you know, my people are on Instagram. I have to be posting on Instagram. I have to be growing my social media or, you know, emailing my, my newsletter out every week and, and doing all of those things. And so I'm so glad that we touched on this about, you know, even though you're spending the majority of your time focusing on getting leads and nurturing leads and making money and growing and scaling, you know, that you still need to, 
to work on those other things as well. So I, I love that you kind of shared your strategies on that. And um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, automation tools as well. So I, <laughs> I second that because productivity is everything. If you can't be productive in your business, then I mean, what are you even doing? Cause you're going to get left behind. And mm-hmm. I think when people hear productivity, they think, okay, that means I have to physically be here and be working. <laughs> productivity is so not about you. It's about the systems that you have in place. And so, you know, I'm, I'm productive when I'm sleeping because I have so many systems, so many automation tools in place that I'm, I'm making money while I'm asleep. And that's, you know, that sounds like one of those things that people that like ridiculously rich people say, and it's so snobby. It's like, Oh, I'm so special. I'm making money while I sleep. And it's not that at all. It's just when you get to that point where you've built out really great systems and you know what you're doing and you're doing it well, then inevitably you will make money when you take the day off. You will make money when you're asleep. You will be productive even when you're not in the office. And so I think that's what it's all about. It's just really building out those systems and strategies. Yeah. And every single one of you can get there. Like you all can wake up and have... 15 new leads in your email inbox, like from when you slept and new Stripe notifications, PayPal notifications, all of the things it's possible. So possible. Yeah. Uh, this has been so good. I'm so excited because, <laughs> you know, I, you, you mentioned in the beginning and it's so true that people just sometimes hear like 5k months or 10k months and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not even close to that. I can't possibly get there. Mm -hmm. And I I love that you just said, you know, everybody can do it. It's very, very possible. No matter how long you've been in business, no matter what kind of business you're in, it's 100% possible to do that. You just have to commit to making it happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Just got to keep going. Yeah. Awesome. Well, since it's the end of the episode, I always do a fun little lightning round that I think is just a cool way to close out the show. So are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. What is your morning routine? Ooh. So my morning routine, this changes every few months, just a little bit, but right now it's, I get up, I get movement in and grab my espresso, head to the gym and then I'll come back and then kind of settle down for about half an hour and I'll do my journaling and, um, sometimes listen to a podcast, but usually journaling and reading, um, sunlight reading, some type of business book or personal development. The only thing I ever switch is when I do my journaling versus workouts. Sometimes I'll do that before my workout. Um, but that's kind of my morning routine right now. It's been awesome. I love that. So productive and, and calming at the same time. (laughs) Perfect. All right. What is the last book that you read? Ooh, what is the last book? I just, read a book. Um, it's actually on my desk. It's called objections by Jeb Blount and he's an incredible sales. I love learning more and more about sales. And so it just goes into really how to handle objections and just kind of the psychology of objections and sales. I'm I'm trying to read like every sales book out there. I love sales so much. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That sounds like a good one. I think we could all use a copy of that. Awesome. Well, what is one recommendation that you have for everybody? So this can be a service or a product that you use, an item that you have, something you'd love to do, whatever you want, but something that you think everybody needs to have. Oh man. Um, 
Oh, there's so many things. There's so many things like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So this isn't even like a thing. Um, let me know if this counts or not. If not, I'll give you something else, but um, <laughs> play. Like playing, playing, playing and giving yourself playtime every single day, whether that means like date nights. I have, um, I have a, a switch. So I play like super, super smash bros. I think that's the game, but like I try and incorporate some type of play every day in my life. Um, if that doesn't count, let's see. No, I love that. That's a really good one. I love that. Cause I think especially as business owners, you know, I always say I'm a recovering workaholic for sure. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of us, it's really hard for us to step away from business. You know, even when we step away from the office, we're on Instagram or we're, you know, thinking about that client that we need to email or whatever. So I love that. That's a really good recommendation. Okay, good. I'm glad you like it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Mm. Um, I would say my current mentor, she says something all the time and I love what she says. She always says it's always this or better. And so anytime that you feel like things are like rough, cause we all have our rough days. I've had a day or two in my business where I thought my business was going to crumble, right? We, it happens to all of us, but like, it's always going to get better. It's never going to like go down. It's always going to get better. I think that's probably the best advice in the last like few months that I've gotten. Um, oh, there's I just that. so much, ah, so many golden nuggets that come my way. Yeah. A little, <laughs> little bang in my brain. I just want to throw it all out. I love that though. That it's always this or better. That's so good. Cause I mean, ah, I just love that. I love really like positive, you know, uplifting things like that, (laughs) where it just kind of reminds you that like, this really is not as bad as you're making it out to be. And it, it, you're going to get through it and it's going to get better. And I love that. That's such a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to reflect on, I try and do that at least once a quarter. It's just reflecting on kind of the worst. It doesn't sound great, but like the worst moment in my business, because months later I'm looking back and I'm like laughing about it. Like it was not bad at all, even though in that moment I thought it was absolutely terrible. So I like to reflect on that stuff once in a while. Yeah. And we've all been there. So that's something we can all relate (laughs) to. I'm sure. (laughs) Well, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, social, you know, what do you have going on right now? So if you want to come chat, I don't bite. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is the Melissa Lynn, L-I-N. And then my website is themelissalynn.com. If you want to come chat and hang out with me, I do have a free Facebook group. It's called the Fierce Business Babes. Come hang out. I go live every week and just give tons and tons of content. I'm such a giver. I love to give value. It's one of the big things I love just doing on my free time. So that's where you can find me. Perfect. And we will link all of that in the show notes as well. So definitely go give Melissa a follow and check out her amazing sales advice and listen to her, you know, give you all the tips. Well, (laughs) Melissa, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation and I'm really excited you know, for our listeners to get to dive into this and start really working on building up that revenue the way that you have. And I just appreciate your time and you being so willing to just share your, your tips and your advice. 
Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for everyone in your audience to go and take action on some of these golden nuggets and just move forward and move the needle forward just a little bit each day. I'm so excited for you all. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.